Hello and welcome to Super Great Kids Stories, wise tales from storytellers around the world, which will make you laugh and sometimes cry. Recommended for ages 5 to 105. I'm Kim and I love stories. Hello, Super Great Kids. I hope you had a happy week. I'm very happy because we had a lovely live show in London and it was very exciting meeting some of you in person. It was magical all being together in one space and everyone knowing the same stories. A big thanks to everyone who came and made it such a special day. There's a cartoon animation on our Facebook page to celebrate the occasion. Now, I know lots of you weren't able to make it because it was in London, but there will be other live shows. And our super great friend, Paul, has filmed it for us. So we'll be posting film footage of the live show for subscribers soon. So look out in Patreon for that. And for Apple subscribers, we'll put the film in our Owlets Club. So listen out for instructions how to join our club in your Apple subscription channel. Now, today we start a new theme of little people. You know, fairies, elves, pixies, gnomes and leprechauns, that sort of thing. And to start us off on our little people adventure is storyteller Rachel Murray, who's from Derbyshire in England. Rachel is going to tell us an English quest story about three brothers who set off on an adventure hoping to find treasure. And on the way, they each meet a little red hairy man. The story today has little people and very big people in it too. Yes, giants. I wonder what you'd rather be, a little person living in a tree with magical powers like flying? Or an enormous giant like Finn McCool, who can lift up a house and turn it around if it's not facing the right way for the sun. Have a think about that while we have a quick word with the grown-ups. Hello, super great kids. It's me again. What did you decide? Would you rather be a huge giant who can move houses or a tiny magical person who can fly? Well you can discuss that later with your grown-ups. Right now, it's time for our story. Are you sitting comfortably? Am I sitting comfortably? Then let's give a warm welcome to our storyteller, Rachel Murray. Hey up, super great kids. It's Rachel here. I live in the Derbyshire Dales in England. And Derbyshire sits about in the middle of England, about as far away from the sea as you can get but I'm surrounded by beautiful hills and wonderful dales and it's a fine place to be. And this story actually comes from just over the hills from where I live. If I leant out of my bedroom window, I might even be able to see the village where this story comes from. Let's get started. Once upon a time in the village of Yulegrave, there was a young boy called Jack and he lived with his father and his two older brothers. 
But as is the way with stories, it's always the older brother who gets to go on adventures first. And so it was with Jack's eldest brother. He wanted adventure, he wanted to find his fortune. And he asked his father and his father gave him his blessing. So the eldest brother, he laid out a cloth on the floor and he put together some snap, which is basically a Derbyshire word for a little bit of food. And he put together some bread and some cheese and he tied it up and put a stick through it and put it over his shoulder and off he went. And he walked a little, he walked a lot until he came to a clearing. And in that clearing there was a stone and he rested his back against that stone and he opened up his snap. There was a rustling in the undergrowth and a trembling of the grass and out into the clearing stepped a little, red, hairy man. No bigger than nine pennyworth of coppers all stacked up together. And the little red hairy man looked at the brother and he went, Oh, I'm hungry. Will you share your snap with me? And the eldest brother said, No, get lost. And flicked him back into the bushes. The second brother wanted to seek his fortune and he came the same way as the eldest brother had come and he sat at that same stone with his back against it in the sunshine and he opened up his snap of bread and cheese. There was a rustling in the undergrowth and a trembling of the grass and out stepped a little red hairy man, no bigger than nine penny worth of coppers all stacked up together. And he looked at the second brother, he said, Oh, I'm hungry. He said, Will you share your snap with me? And the second brother, he looked, he thought, He's only a little man. And so he gave him some crumbs. The little red hairy man gobbled them up and he gave a little at the end. Oh, thank you, he said. You're seeking your fortune. Yes, said the second brother. Well, come with me. And he led him to the top of a mine shaft. And that mine shaft was covered over with a grid and ferns grew over it and spiders' webs covered the top. And the little red hairy man said, your fortune is down there. Well, the second brother, he looked and he didn't think much of that. That mine had obviously been worked out a long time ago. But he said, thank you. Then he walked out of the story. And back home was Jack, and Jack wanted to go and seek his fortune too. He wanted to follow his brothers into the big wide world, and after pleading with his father, he put together some snap, and off he went. And he sat in that same clearing, with his back against the stone, and he opened up his snap, and there was a rustling in the undergrowth and a trembling of the grass, and out into the clearing stepped the little red hairy man. And he looked at Jack, he said, Jack! Will you share your snap with me? And Jack looked and he said, Aye, I will. And very carefully, he cut the bread in half and he cut the cheese in half and he offered it to the little red hairy man to choose. Well, the little red hairy man, for such a little man, had a big appetite and he gobbled down the bread and the cheese and he gave a great big... Thank you, he said. You're seeking your fortune. Follow me. And he took Jack that same mine shaft and he showed Jack the mine shaft and Jack said, Thank you, little red hairy man. But he'd gone. He'd disappeared. So Jack set to work. He removed the grid from the top of the mine shaft and he built himself a windlass. It was like a kind of a bucket that he could get in and lower himself down into the mine. So he stepped into the bucket and he lowered himself down deeper and deeper and deeper into the ground. And as he did so, you would think that it would get darker and darker. 
but to Jack's surprise. And my surprise, and maybe to your surprise, it didn't. It got lighter and lighter. Until when he landed at the bottom of the shaft with a bump in his bucket, he was in a land of golden, glowing countryside and hills rolling away, much like the land he'd left above. But something was slightly different, and standing at his feet, there was the little red hairy man. And holding above his head, he had a ball, and the ball was made of copper. He said, Jack, follow this for your fortune, and he threw it. And the ball went off, and it bounced, and it bowled and rolled off the track and down the road, and Jack ran after it. He ran up hill and down dale, up hill and down dale, up hill and down dale, till the ball came to a stop with a against the door. And that great big door was made of copper. And it was set in a great big wall that was made of copper. And that wall was set in a castle that was made of copper. And leaning out of a window with a copper crown upon her head, there was a princess. And she saw him. She said, Jack, there you are. Where have you been? Oh. She said, look, catch this. And she threw something out the window. Jack held out his hands and into his hands there landed a lance, a great big lance like the knights used to use for jousting with. And he looked at it and he said, what do I need a lance for? She said, because the giant will be home at any minute. Giant, said Jack. Giant, said the princess. Jack gulped. And then there was a great roar and the ground trembled and Jack turned and lumbering over the hill towards him was the biggest fattest giant that Jack had ever seen. In fact he'd never seen a giant so this was definitely the biggest fattest giant he had ever seen but the giant came lumbering towards him and Jack didn't know what to do. He stood there with the lance in his hands and his knees were knocking and his stomach was churning and his hands were sweating and what should he do? And the princess said, get him! So Jack closed his eyes and he ran forward with the lance in his hands and he tripped and the lance flew out of his hands and the giant fell over it and fell down, 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 splash into the moat that surrounded the castle. And that was the end of the giant. Well, Jack used the lance to fish the set of keys off the giant's belt and he opened the door of the castle and the door of the tower and the door of the princess's room and he set her free. And she said, would you like a reward? He said, yes, please. So they went down to the cellar and there was a chest made of copper. And when they opened it up, it was full of coins and those coins were made of copper. So Jack filled a saddlebag full of copper coins. And he put it across one of the horses that he found in the stables. And he climbed onto a horse and the princess, she climbed onto a horse. And Jack said, now what? She said, well, I've got to go home, she said. My parents will be wondering where I've been. So off she went and she rode out of the story. And Jack wondered what to do. But then there was a little in. And he looked down and there at his feet was the little red hairy and he was holding a ball above his head and that ball was made of silver and he said, Jack, for your fortune, follow this and he threw the ball and the ball went off and it bounced and it bowled and it rolled off the track and down the road and now Jack on his horse set off after the silver ball. Drr, 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 drr. Oh, 
He was enjoying riding the horse. The ball went and Jack followed it over the hill and down the dale, over the hill, down the dale, over the hill, down the dale, till it came to a stop against a door made of silver set in a silver wall of a silver castle. And leaning out of a turret window with a silver crown upon her head, there was a princess. And she said, Jack, there you are, catch this. And she threw something out the window. He held out his hands and caught the sword that she had thrown for him. He said, why do I need a sword? She said, because the giant will be... Giant, said Jack. Giant, said the princess. Roar came the sound behind him. He turned and there, coming towards him, was the hairiest giant that Jack had ever seen. He'd only seen one giant before, but this was the second giant and this was definitely a very, very hairy giant. Oh, its hair tumbled over its shoulders. It grew out of his ears and out of its nose and his eyebrows sprouted like forests. And that hairy giant came lumbering towards Jack. And Jack turned and he was in the courtyard and he could feel the heat of the blazing fire that burned in the middle of the courtyard behind him. And he stood and he turned and with the sword, he didn't know what to do. And so he lifted the sword and he swung it. And the giant leapt over it and laughed and lunged for Jack. And Jack dodged and he swung the sword again. And again the giant leapt. And again Jack swung the sword and this time the giant leapt right over it and right into the fire. And that was the end of the second giant. So Jack opened up the castle door and the tower door and the princess's room and he let her out and she said, would you like a reward? Yes, he said. And so she took him to the cellar and there was a silver chest and he opened it up and there it was full of coins made of, you've guessed it, silver. So he emptied out all the copper coins and he put all the silver coins into the saddlebag and he said to the princess, now what? She said, well, I've got to go home. And off she went out of the story. And Jack wondered what to do when he heard little... <coughs> and he looked down and there was the little red hairy man. And the little red hairy man had a ball above his head and I wonder if you know what that ball was made of. I think you probably do. That ball was made out of gold. And the little red hairy man said, follow this, Jack. And he threw it. And he threw it and off Jack went. Now, nice and relaxed on his horse. Brr, 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 brr. Off he went. Uphill, down dale, uphill, down dale, uphill, down dale. Till that golden ball stopped with a bang against the golden door and a golden wall and a golden castle. And leaning out of the topmost window, there was a princess with a golden crown upon her head. And she said, Jack, get on up here, quick. He opened the door, he went running upstairs. He said, what, the giant? She said, yes, giant, he's on his way. But listen, I have a plan. And she told him her plan and it was a cunning plan. And so Jack climbed out of the window and up onto the roof of that castle. And at that moment, there was a great roar and the ground trembled and over the hill came the tallest, skinniest, boniest giant that Jack had ever seen. And it made its way back towards the castle and it came in and it walked up all of the stairs and came to the princess's room and it sniffed. <sniffs> I smell human. No, 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 said the princess. No humans here. Nobody on the roof. At oh, nobody on the roof. No, no, nobody on the roof. Don't look out the window. Why would you look out the window? There's nobody on the roof. And the giant looked at her and said, You must think I'm stupid. 
and the giant leant out of the window. At that point, Jack on the roof dropped a little stone and it landed on the giant's head and he twisted his head and he looked up and he saw Jack. And he roared and he climbed up onto the windowsill and he reached his long arms up onto the roof and with the other arm he went to sweep Jack off and Jack shouted, Now! And the princess shouted, Now! And with all her might she pushed the giant's legs and he toppled from the windowsill. <laughs> to the ground below and that was the end of the third giant oh would you like a reward said the princess yes please said jack and down they went to the cellar and there was a chest made of gold and inside it what do you think there was dead right there was a whole chest full of golden coins so jack emptied out the silver coins and he filled the saddlebag with gold coins and he put gold coins down his pants and down his vest and down his socks and then he said, well, I suppose you're going home. She said, well, I have no home to go to. He said, well, would you like to come home with me? Yeah, she said, that would be great. So the two of them rode across the land back to the bottom of that mine shaft. And there was the bucket. And Jack climbed into the bucket and he wound himself up to the top. And then he lowered the bucket and the princess, she filled it with gold coins up it went and down it came and up it went and down it came and up it went and down it came so many times with so many gold coins and last of all the princess she climbed in and Jack wound up the bucket and up she came and they went back to Yulegrave and they went to see Jack's dad and Jack's dad made the princess very welcome and Jack and the princess they stayed together for a very long time and I'd like to say they lived happily ever after. Thank you, Rachel, for that story. I wonder what you'd do if you met a little red hairy man when you were out in the woods. Would you share your snap with him? Snap. I like that word for food. In Yorkshire, where I'm from in England, we say grub, which isn't such a nice word as snap. I wonder if you have a slang word for food where you live. That little man was a bit like a fairy godmother to Jack, wasn't he? Of course, you know that fairies are not always flippy-flappy happy little beings with pale wings and magic wands who make wishes come true. No, just like big folk, Little folk are not always well behaved. And you know, in the past, people were really afraid of fairies. So afraid that they didn't want to speak the word fairies in case it brought them bad luck. Which is why they became known as little people. In fact, fairies and piskies and imps, they can all cause a lot of trouble. Remember that story eggshell soup from Ireland? A wrinkly old fairy tried to swap places with someone's baby and started demanding whiskey and baggy. Now, it's time for me to dig deep into my bag of happies and say some hellos and some thank yous. Thank you to all of you who came to our show. 
particular thanks to Candice and her family for coming all the way from Germany. And hello to Archie from Kingston and Lev from London and Oberon and Isla. Thanks to all our subscribers for helping to pay for our storytellers. Ooh, we welcome new Patreon donors this week, Theo, who is five, and Sebi, who is eight, from Aliso Viejo in California. Theo's favourite is Baba Yaga, and Sebi's favourite is King Arthur and the Cape of Beards. And welcome to Isla, Patrick and Forrest. And to Shannon, we hope you enjoy being members of the Owlets Club. And a big thanks to Kofi donors, Javier, who loves listening to the stories when driving around, and to Jay and Day, who listen at bedtime. And thanks to those of you who've posted really nice reviews on Apple Podcasts. A big thanks to super great kids fan, 74 Manatee, from the US. And to Jay Kim, also from the US, and to Jackson and Hudson in California. And to Cookie from Ireland, who likes listening to The Orange Tree. Thank you for your reviews. They put a skip in our step, especially on dark, rainy days in October. And now some thank yous to you budding artists who've been so busy with pens and crayons and paint, drawing your own versions of our stories. Story Owl has been very busy helping me post some of your pictures. Henry, who is six from Auckland, has drawn a lovely picture of Anansi and Turtle. I like Anansi laughing as he tricks poor Turtle back to the river to wash his hands and feet again. And I like the way you've included the little rhyme which Emily put into the story. Turtle, turtle, plod along. Thank you very much for sharing it, Henry. And thanks to four-year-old Piper from South Carolina who has drawn an excellent picture of the Russian story Baba Yaga and Masha the Clever. I really like your Baba Yaga with her long grey hair standing on her mortar with her pestle in her hand. I think you're super brave listening to this story. Maybe you're like Masha the Clever in your picture, Piper. And thanks to Milo, who is six, from Michigan in the USA, who sent a lovely picture of his favourite story, Pip and the Moon Rabbit. I like the way you've drawn Pip looking up at his friend, the Moon Rabbit, who is sitting inside the moon and smiling. I'm a big fan of this story too, Milo. It's good the way Pip and the Moon Rabbit become friends in the end. Thanks for sharing this. And Hudson, who is seven from Australia, has drawn a very well-observed picture of the fox and the crow. It's great, Hudson, that you've got the crow perched on the branch in the tree and the fox waiting expectantly underneath with her black paws and bushy tail. It's just super great. The cheese looks very cheesy too. Thanks for sharing it. And Milena from Germany, who is six and a half, has drawn a delightful picture of the story by Pamela Marr, The Fish and the Star. I really like that all the stars are smiling and it's lovely the way you've coloured the wishing star in a different colour to all the other stars. A beautiful drawing of a lovely story. Thank you for sharing it. Wow! Ivy, who is six from Rhode Island in the USA, has sent in a fun drawing of the Irish story The Griffin. It's really clever the way you've given him the head of a lion and the wings of an eagle on his body. I like his claws too, Ivy. Thanks so much for sending this. Glad you're enjoying the stories. 
goodness, Ember, who is seven and lives in Froome in the UK, has sent a marvellous Baba Yaga picture. Ember, your Baba Yaga is one of the scariest witches I've ever seen. Your warty nose is magnificent. Baba Yaga's nose, that is, not yours. Really well done. Thank you. It's super great. And Ezra, who is five, who lives in New Paltz in New York, has sent a colourful and energetic picture of Water Mama. Ezra, I hear you've listened to the story about 25 times. Goodness, you must know it even better than Toop. Well done for being brave, even though it's a bit scary. I wonder if the Water Mama did lure the sugarcane man back into the sea or if he escaped back to his home country. What do you think? Thank you for sharing your picture, Ezra. And Ellie, who is six, has drawn a lovely picture of Masha the Clever from the Baba Yaga story. I really like the little details, like the yellow ribbon which Masha has put around the tree and Baba Yaga shouting at the tree for not warning her that Masha was leaving. Great picture, Ellie, and good listening. Thank you. And what an imaginative picture drawn by Rosemary, who is also a big Baba Yaga fan. I love your chicken leaning out of the top of the hut and the black geese looking down and watching. I wonder if the chicken is actually eating those stars which Baba Yaga is sweeping away as she travels through the sky. Or maybe it's eating her broom. Thank you for sharing this. That's it for this week. If you'd like to see these pictures, they're all on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash supergreatkidsstories. And thanks to all our subscribers for making this episode possible. Keep making up your versions of these stories and telling them to anyone who'll listen. This podcast was produced at Wardour Studios in London. <laughs>